Well, the weekend is here. It's time to go fishing, and we have Bob Jensen from Fishing the Midwest with some great fishing advice for you. And we have a great idea of a lake you might want to check out this weekend. It's our Lake of the Week, a day later than usual. It's all coming up. Thank God it's Friday, gonna cast out a line. Happy afternoon, sun is flying oh so high. I'm a peaceful kind of guy, most usually. But I'm hunting all the fishes in the deep blue sea. Make it so my bait is all nice and stinky. Gonna add a little, let it make the bait go sinky. We can wait another day to do the patchwork laundry. Cause now we go going fishing for Bunyan Country. Welcome to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Joining us today once again, Bob Jensen of Fishing the Midwest. And Bob, thanks for taking a few minutes today. I always look forward to speaking with you, Kev. Hey, Bob, we are in that time of year, and I've been hearing it from a lot of guys and a lot of guys that can catch walleye that uh, they're a little perplexed right now. I think, and, and oftentimes this time of the year is time when people are scratching their heads and trying to figure out that walleye bite. Um, you've been in these wars a long time. Uh, that's nothing new to you, I'm guessing. No, no, it's that time of year. It's that time of year. You know, bait fish levels are at a, you know, seasonal high. This is the time of year when, when bait fish, you know, the ones that were spawned earlier this year are now getting to a size where the, the walleyes can eat them. And uh, it's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. But, you know, the, the walleyes still have to eat. So you have to just, you know, uh, uh, change around a little bit. So what would you be doing out there uh, if you're looking for walleyes in late July, early August? Um, again, bait fish populations are high. And I, 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 I always equate it to this, Kev. Uh, you know, cheeseburgers are really good to eat for people. <laughs> if you eat too many of them, it's time to switch. Do something else. Have a pizza pizza. Have a hot dog, something like that. So, you know, I really try to show the fish, the walleyes, something that isn't so uh, abundant to them. You know, there's lots of perch out there. Show them a crankbait or something that looks completely unlike a perch. Uh, sometimes we say, you know, match the hatch. Uh, show them something that, that looks like what's in the water, they're, what they're usually eating. Now show them something completely different. Show them an orange crankbait. Show them, I don't know, something completely different. Spinners work really well. Spinners and crawlers, spinners and a leech work really well this time of the year also. Cover water. Cover water until you find the fish that are willing to eat. Yeah. And, of course, uh, oftentimes this is the case in the walleyes any time of the year, but uh, certainly this time of the year, low-light periods are maybe the key. Early in the day, late in the day. Uh, if you can get a day where there's some overcast and a little bit of chop, that is good also. But, yes, early in the day, late in the day. We're, we're really seeing more and more of that even even more dramatically as more and more of our lakes get zebra mussels. I've, I've yep. talked to a number of guys. You know, we know Cass Lake has really changed quite a bit. Guys starting to see some big changes on, uh, on leach uh, as far as water clarity goes, and we, we've seen that on Winnie as well. So, um there's an adjustment to, to be made just in general as well with walleyes these days. Everywhere. Things are changing. And the zebra mussels, as you said, are a big, big deal. They're making the fish go deeper or into the weeds. But deeper is really the big deal. And deeper fish are a little more accessible than weed fish. Uh, get out there. If you're used to fish them in 20 feet of water this time of year, go out to 25, 27, something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and there's, there's certainly been a lot of, uh, people on Leech Lake over the years that have been on Walker Bay in the evenings with a crankbait going deep like that and had a lot of success. 
You know, Kev, I used to live in Walker uh, in the uh, early 80s, and night fishing, that's what we did. And I've got a friend, Gary Roach, he said, night fishing is for guys who can't catch them during the day. <laughs> but you know what? I just want to catch them. I don't care if it's night or day, whatever. Uh, uh, oh, boy, I've caught some of my biggest walleyes in Walker Bay off City Beach this time of year. Yeah. Going crankbaits at night. Oh yeah, yeah, and and that's uh that's the thing about walleyes. If you can get on them this time of year, they're bigger than they were earlier in the year. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you can get on them, they'll bite. Their metabolism is high. Uh, fish are cold water or uh, uh, have are cold blooded, mm-hmm. and and as the water warms up, they eat more. Uh, the key is cover water until you find them. And then once you find them, work them over hard. And you know if there's a our sonar now is so refined, we can see them down there. We, if they're in deep water, we know they're there. Uh, but there's just times they don't want to bite. So just keep moving till you find them, but, you know, drop a, drop a GPS marker on them and come back late in the day, and eventually they will bite. Absolutely. Now, if you want to fish during the day, there's certainly a lot of fish that will bite. They may not be walleyes, but uh, pretty much everything else will be. Kev, you know, this time of year, I like to catch fish. <laughs> I'm not going to beat my head trying to catch walleyes. I'm going to go fish largemouth bass. Mm-hmm. I really am, and they are willing participants almost all the time. Again, you got to keep moving and and that sort of thing. But um, I'm going to fish bass. You know that is getting to be a very very popular uh, item here. It used to be kind of really in the shadows of the walleyes, and certainly walleyes still number one. But I hear more and more people fishing bass all the time. More and more people discovering how much fun it is to go catch bass. Again, when I lived in Walker in the early 80s, I moved up there from Iowa, and uh, down here I like to catch bass. I moved up there, and people couldn't understand why I'd want to go bass fishing until we went bass fishing. And then they found out pretty quick. I've had the good fortune to fish across the entire Midwest and much of North America. The bass fishing in the Bemidji, Walker, Yeno area, over to Grand Rapids, is as good as it gets anywhere. You might not get the 10-pounders, but there's plenty of you know, threes, fours, fives, and they just, they, they want to get caught. They just like to get caught, and uh, boy, that area that I just mentioned is blessed with some of the best largemouth bass fishing anywhere that I've ever fished. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true, and you know, you talk to people nationally, and yeah, are we ever going to get the national uh, the national record for, for largemouth or smallmouth bass? Probably not. But everybody knows we got good sized bass, we got a lot of them, and they fight a lot harder in our waters, it seems. And they want to get caught. They just do. They just do. <laughs> you know, it's a great fish to introduce kids to. You're right. It, it's, they fight good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're susceptible to a variety of presentations. You know, a jig worm, a crankbait, a spinnerbait, a buzzbait. There's nothing more fun than seeing a bass hit a topwater bait. A great starter fish for anybody. Much more to cover with Bob Jensen down the road, but up next, it's Lake of the Weekday. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, holy cow! 
We are heading east of uh, Bemidji today, and we're headed over toward Winnie area, and we're taking a look at Sand Lake. We have uh, the Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Supervisor, Dave Weitzel, joining me today. Dave, thanks for your time today. Yeah, my pleasure. So Sand Lake is, uh, if you know where Bowstring is, you basically know where Sand is, is what it comes down to, right? Yep, yeah, it's immediately south, and it's connected to uh, Bowstring Lake via the Bowstring River. Now, can you get from uh, Bowstring to Sand and vice versa through that river? Uh, at times you can. Um, if the water's high, uh, you can certainly navigate between the two lakes. But I think it's it's a bit of a boat ride. I want to say it's something like six or seven miles uh, oh, wow. to run through that channel. So it, it's possible, but I think a lot of people end up uh, loading their boat and, and pulling it on a trailer just to save time. There's another uh, interesting thing about that lake. As I look at the map, I think it's the uh, southeast corner. Uh, looks like a small bay, but that's actually a separate lake as well. Right. Yep. And and what lake is that? A uh, little sand. Yep. Okay. And do they are they just connected, or is there a dam there or anything? Uh, no. Uh, you can go directly from sand into little sand. So why are they separated into two lakes? Uh, I think primarily because it it narrows down through a channel uh, as you go from one into the other. As we take a look at sand, I was looking at the uh, the types of fish you'll find there and uh, nothing that would be shocking for a northern minnesota lake no you know it's it's just kind of a typical uh, multi-species fishery that uh, we find in itasca county you've got uh, bluegills you've got some crappies uh certainly you don't have a ton of northerns which can tend to be pretty good news you've got a, a moderate population it looks like of northerns Right, and that's a little bit different than in the past. Uh, the, the lake went through a long period where northern pike numbers were, were quite high uh, because of the connection to the Bowstring River um, spawning habitat for northern pike is excellent. Uh, and that really allows those those young northerns to become overabundant at times. Uh, but going back to around 2007, uh, we attempted to, to do a better job of pike management by using a 22 to 36-inch slot limit that allowed an expanded bag limit of, of nine fish. Uh, and it seemed like during that time period, we did see a reduction in both pike numbers and, and also a slight improvement in size quality. Uh, so that was kind of a, a trial for, uh, of course, the new North Central rig that we have today, which is um, the 22 to 26 inch protected slot limit with the 10 fish limit. Uh, sand, bowstring, and round lakes were, were kind of a model that was used uh, as that regulation was developed. Um, kind of long story short, um, in 2018, we decided that the new North Central reg was, was kind of a, a close enough regulation option to that existing slot limit on sand, so we did make the change. Uh, so sand now is included in that North Central zone reg uh, with the 22 to 26-inch protected slot and the 10-fish limit. Um, but I think, you know, either one of those concepts are kind of the same. You, you want to protect those medium-sized northern pike to allow them to grow to a larger size uh, while allowing more angling opportunity for those overly abundant small pike that are easy to replace through that excellent natural reproduction. And your walleye numbers are very good on that lake, too. They are. Uh, at times, they can be uh, quite high. In, in our last survey, they were more typical uh, for lakes with uh, similar habitats. Um, so there, it, like, like most walleye populations, uh, those numbers are going to fluctuate a little bit, uh, but it, it has been known as a very good walleye lake. Going into Little Sand, are we going to find basically the same kind of fish, or is there any, any particular advantage of going down into Little Sand? Uh, you're going to find a lot of the same kind of fish, um, but uh, you know, there's, it, it's going to be a good spot, particularly for panfish. 
Um, you know, they tend to like some of those wind protected areas a little bit more, um, especially this time of year. Um, but that's not to say you wouldn't find the walleyes and the northern pike and the bass and the other things down there. Do a lot of people fish that lake? Uh, yeah, uh, sand and little sand get, get fished quite a bit, yep. Is it uh, pretty well developed over there, too? Uh, yeah, there's uh, a fair amount of develop, development, um, quite a few uh, both seasonal residents and folks that live up there year-round, actually. You know, some lakes, they're really good very early. Others warm up and, and get a little bit better as the season wears on. Is there a particular time of year people really like to fish sand? Yeah, uh, you know, I think a little bit later in the spring it can be quite good. And then uh, again in the fall, um, especially in years that uh, there's good um, crappie year classes, uh, it can be a very good fall crappie fishery. Um, so there's times when that's very popular. How, how do we do in general with the crappies and bluegills as far as the size and numbers? Uh, well, I'll start with the size. Both species uh, grow quite large in Sand Lake. Um, so very, very high size quality. Uh, with the bluegill, it tends to be a lower density population, and, and that oftentimes goes along with being able to grow truly large bluegill. Uh, so you probably have to work a little bit to find them, but when you do, you're going to be uh, thrilled with the size quality. Um, you know, with that in mind, because uh, the lake does produce lower numbers, we do encourage people to really try to voluntarily limit their harvest of bluegill on Sand Lake. Um, and what I like to tell people, kind of my rule of thumb, is, is I won't harvest more than about uh, five bluegills over eight inches to try to protect that size quality. Okay. Now, the crappies are a little bit different. Uh, like a lot of lakes in uh, northern Minnesota, they don't reproduce well every year. So we kind of get this cyclical population where about every three to five years we see a strong year class come up and provide a good fishery for a couple of years. Um, at least in uh, 2017 when we did our, our last survey, we were at kind of the tail end of one of those crappie year classes that had peaked. It was kind of on the downslope. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're three years beyond that survey now, so I would expect that the next crappie year class would start to show up uh, um, in the near future. Anything unique about uh, Sand Lake we should check out? Probably the biggest thing for, for folks to understand is it's a lake that's undergone uh, an incredible amount of change over the last decade. Uh, traditionally, sand was a lake that uh, would green up quite a bit when the water got warm, uh, and provide a pretty good day bite uh, for a variety of species, including walleye. Uh, unfortunately, the lake became infested with zebra mussels around 2012, and the clarity, uh, the water clarity increased dramatically. Um, and that really hasn't eliminated uh, the, the fish from the lake, uh, but what it has done is it's changed their behaviors. Uh, so now the better bite is going to be during those low uh, light periods, early in the morning, uh, in the evening, maybe even at night for walleye. And certainly the location of those fish has changed. Uh, I hear angler reports of uh, walleye being caught in deeper water than they used to uh, because walleye are trying to avoid that bright sunlight. They're heading down into deeper depths. Uh, or in other cases, they're more oriented to vegetation. Um, so this might be some places where people can uh, look for these walleye. Yeah, you got to be adaptable, right? Absolutely. Yeah, our lakes are certainly changing, so the most successful anglers are going to be willing to try different things. If we want to give uh, Sand Lake a try, uh, how do we get to the access? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd have to have a map in front of me, and I don't. A general idea, though, if we were coming over from Bemidji, how would we get to Sand Lake? The 
access is going to be on the east side of the lake. So you basically have to go over to the town of Talmoon, uh, and then you'd cut back to the west after you get to Talmoon. Um, so you're coming in off of Highway 6. Well, I know where Talmoon is. I think I can make it. Again, Dave, like so many of the lakes around here, there's just so many good ones. You just don't have a chance to fish them all. Uh, this is one that's not a real secret, but still with so many to choose from, I'm sure there's a lot of people who've never tried it before, and it's just well worth spending the Saturday on, I would think. It is, yeah, and you know the nice thing uh, with Sand Lake is that it is located in an area where there are a bunch of those those good lakes. So certainly uh, give sand a try, give some of those other lakes a try. You know, just be careful with the zebra mussels in Sand Lake. Do all the things you need to do to drain the water, uh, dispose of unwanted bait. Uh, be sure there's no vegetation on your boat, um, and uh, then we'll be good to go. All right, it's Sand Lake. It is our Lake of the Week. Dave Weitzel, the Area Fishery Supervisor out of the Grand Rapids office with the details. Dave, thanks for taking the time today. It's always great to talk to you. Yep, my pleasure. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. The weekend is here. It's time to go fishing. Time to check back in as well with Bob Jensen of Fishing the Midwest with some weekend fishing advice. What else would you be going after this time of year? Um, I'm thinking hard, Jeff, because I'm just such a bad guy. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm just such a bad guy. Uh, we fished muskies on Leech Lake a lot uh, back in the day, and, and muskie fishing is getting better across North America. Boy, you know, uh, when I was up there, it was a 36-inch minimum to keep, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And now there's a lot of places where it's a 52-inch minimum to keep. We're catching a lot more really big, true trophy muskies uh, across the muskie belt. I like to catch muskies. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned nothing more fun than seeing a, a, a bass hit a topwater bait. Having a muskie just follow your bait to the boat is a thrill. I mean, I've been out with accomplished anglers who have never fished muskies, and we're throwing jerk baits or bucktails or whatever, and, and that muskie follows the, the, the bait to the boat. And it's, it's, uh, oh gosh, it's a big deal. It really is exciting. Absolutely. Um, so what are you hearing about your neck of the woods? We've got a lake down here, a clear lake in north central Iowa that has become one of the premier fisheries across the Midwest. Clear Lake, 20 years ago, was a bowhead lake. I mean, it was a, you know, there's two parts of the lake. There's the east side and the west side. The west side was uh, the, the little lake, and it was uh, a four-foot bowl. I mean, just four-foot mud bottom all the way across. They did a reclamation program, and they sucked all of that silt out, and now there is 30 feet of water out there, and the west side of Clear Lake now re- resembles a, a Minnesota lake. 30 feet of water in some mm-hmm. areas, lots of structure, and the walleye populations have just taken off. Uh, tremendous walleye lake. But also the muskies are in there. Uh, they did a stocking program a while back. We're not going to get the really big ones, but lots of 40 to 44 inches. And we've got yellow bass down here. And yellow bass are an invasive species. They weren't there a long time ago. They weren't there 20 years ago. But they got in there somehow. I don't know how. And they provide such a good source of forage that the fish get. Our, our walleyes, our muskies. We've got a real strong population of largemouth bass coming on. The perch have come back. The crappies have come back. It's an outstanding fishery. You know, it's it's we don't like invasive species. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Sounds like with the yellow bass, it worked out real well. Yellow bass and ringneck pheasants. We got pheasants down here, you know, and they're they're uh, <laughs> uh, introduced species also. As are uh, turkeys. We had uh, uh, we got a real strong turkey population down here. That when I was a kid, you never saw a turkey. Never ever saw a turkey. 
Now, here's something interesting, Kev. Uh, this we have a spring turkey hunt down here, mm-hmm. and 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 this this year, turkey populations were lower than usual, but the harvest was very high. COVID nineteen, people oh. weren't working; they weren't hunting turkeys. Yeah. So typically, uh, you know, people who hunt turkeys, they they're working their their job. They can go turkey hunting Saturday and Sunday morning because they got to go to work the other days. Right. This year. They're out there hunting turkeys every morning, and we had a real strong harvest of turkeys, even though populations were low. And it's the same thing with walleyes and, and fish in Clear Lake. Uh, the numbers are good, but we've had really big harvests this year because there's more people fishing. We got that going on, too. Um, it uh, was a, I don't know if it was a record, but it was a vast improvement, I think a 50% or more uh, improvement from the year before in license sales and everybody's yeah. telling me every lake they're on i've noticed it too every lake i'm on there's more boats there's more people fishing oh boy i work with some boat dealers and they're having a hard time getting boats uh above ground pools uh it's hard to get a pickup down here can't find a new uh, uh, can't find a pickup hmm. well people are uh, discovering the outdoors let's hope that uh, they uh, get, they get hooked and stick around that's right well and that's the deal kev i think once they figure out that, that fishing and, and any outdoors are a good thing. We've got a lot of new people coming and they're uh, coming into it and they're learning that being outside is a good thing. It, it, you can't argue it. It is a great thing. Um, I, and once people do discover it, you're right. Uh, they they keep coming back for more. So uh, in some ways, uh, this might be a good long term thing for a, for an issue that we were concerned about, uh, and that was that next generation of anglers and hunters. I know the pandemic has been a horrible thing, and we wish we never had to experience it. But there will be some good things that come from it, and and as more people experience the outdoors and learn about them, they learn that we got to take care of our outdoors. Absolutely, yeah. It's interesting because um, there is a different thought process as far as um, uh, the environmental issues when it's somebody that uh, that is invested whether by work or whether by love, into the outdoors. There's a, there's a different mindset there. There exactly is. You know, people who don't understand the outdoors just don't care about it. It just, it's a non-issue. But once you understand how special the outdoor world and outdoor activities are, we take, uh, we take ownership. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bob, anything else you want to let our listeners know this, uh, as we head into the weekend of fishing? Just uh, if you get the chance, get out largemouth bass, release them, and just take care of the outdoors. Absolutely. Bob Jensen from uh, Fishing the Midwest, and I know you're, you're a restaurateur these days. How's that going? We are very fortunate down here, Kev. We've got a great uh, – our, 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 our restaurant is the West Fork Wharf. West Fork is after our school district. And the wharf kind of is, you know, kind of nautical terms, kind of the outdoor theme. And that's what we've got uh, in our restaurant. Uh, we've been very fortunate. The community has supported us very well. We got shut down for a while. But uh, because of just the state shut restaurants down, but uh, we've been very fortunate. All right, uh, and where will we find that when we're uh, traveling through Iowa? We're in Sheffield, Iowa, North Central Iowa. We are half an hour from or half an hour south of Mason City, uh, uh, near uh, Clear Lake, Iowa, which is home of the Surf Ballroom, where Buddy Holly played his last concert. Okay. Yes, I think most of us know where Clear Lake, Iowa is. It uh, went down in rock and roll lore. That is for sure. Hey. Right. 
Yeah. Bob Jensen, great to have you on the show. Thanks for taking the time today. Kev, you do a great job. You perform a great service. Thank you very much for having me. I'll look forward to it. That's a wrap. The weekend is here. Get out there, get fishing, have fun, be safe. Talk to you Monday. Fish sale, Bob Barnhill, country, country.